Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it is April 10th, it's 2019, and we're going to talk about the nine-game baseball slate for today's slate. I'm joined by my bearded brother from another mother, Genie for 07. Grant, I love like introing a podcast and getting the home run that I needed. Um, that was that was um, perfect timing for it all to go down there. How are you doing, my friend? Good. What 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 just happened? I don't know. A home run. Tacos hit a home run. I needed that Those home run. Tacos, great. I decided to switch from Tacos to Shaw in some of my lineups. Not, not great. Oh well, doesn't matter. I'm not going to win money in all likelihood today. So who cares? Ninety five percent to Grom in my lineups. So I'm just I'm I'm already basically done for and looking on to the next day. So I'm super excited for this slate. Yeah, super excited indeed. Um, pitching was really hit or miss. Just not even Degrom yesterday. You know, Cole was getting squeezed. Marco Gonzalez started terrible. He came along a little bit. He had a really good fantasy score, but if you watch that game, he did not have a great game. Um, and then obviously, one of my favorite pitchers on the slate was uh, Luke AC, and that obviously didn't work out. So, um, ready to get back on the grind here today. Um, looks like it's still going to be a pretty profitable night for me. My Brewer stack did not have Degrom or Luke. A- oh, it actually does have Luke AC, but you know they're scoring enough for it doesn't matter. Let's get into the slate. If you haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there. Check them out. It is fantasydraft.com. Sign up for the Roto Grinders link so that way you get access to any cool promos that we run with Fantasy Draft. We got stuff with them all the time. Not every day, but some days. Um, so if you want to get in on that action, make sure you sign up using the Roto Grinders links um, over there on rotogrinders.com for Fantasy Draft. And Grendal just had another one. That's going to put me – I'm going to be sitting really good in this tournament now. So I have to see where that's going to jump me up to. I was seventh. Anyway, um, let's get into this slate for Wednesday. We start with Washington at Philadelphia. Jeremy Hellickson against Nick Pavetta. Any interest here in Hellickson? No, no, absolutely not. He's a low strikeout guy. He doesn't walk a whole lot of guys. But he's going against a tough, tough Philly team. No way I'm using Hellickson. Yeah, I don't really have any interest in, in Hellickson as well. Like you said, um, this is this his first start? I don't think he's made a start, right? I don't think so. I don't remember. If, if it was, it was on a day that I wasn't playing. Yeah, I think he worked out of the bullpen, um, and, and he's making his first start here. So um, he was like that like that in-between like fifth starter or whatever it was. Uh, so, yeah, I don't want any interest in him. Any interest here in Nick Pavetta? I have a little bit of interest in Pavetta. Uh, just, I mean, the guy has upside pretty much anytime he goes on the slate. There's a lot of different pitchers here, and most of them are slightly above him. And I don't really expect Pavetta to get a whole lot of ownership. I think people are going to try and go up to a guy like Ray or a guy like Paxton um, or Cindergaard, and they probably will overlook Pavetta. And it's, a, it's not an easy matchup here for him against. Washington. Obviously, they've got some decent hitters there. They don't have the largest strikeout rate in the world, but 
Pavetta, it doesn't really matter, and he's mostly a like he has a rough time versus lefties. There's only Eden and Soto, who obviously can do some damage, but I mean that's pretty much all we have to worry about in this lineup here. So Pavetta, one of the higher strikeout rate guys on the entire slate here, I do have a bit of interest in. Well, she was a little cheaper. I know we've said that a lot already to start the season, um, just in general. But I, I think he's a guy, if you're going like two mid-tier guys, um, he's firmly in play here. Um, like you said, he, he's very good against righties. A lot of this lineup is right-handed bats. Eaton, you know, he's not a guy that typically strikes out. But, you know, he doesn't have a lot of power either. So he's not going to typically beat you with the long ball. Soto can beat you with the long ball. Um, uh, just kind of transition into the Washington hitters. You know, I think Soto's a really interesting one-off here. You know, he's an expensive bat. And anytime you get an expensive bat when there's not Coors Field uh, on the slate, you know, they become interesting like one-off plays. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Soto, he's one of the best hitters in baseball right now, realistically. So I don't mind him as a one-off. I don't mind Eaton as a one-off. Uh, if you just want to get near the top of the lineup there. But, yeah, I mean, other than them, Pavetta is just too good against righties. I don't think it's really worth it to go with any of them. And it's not like he gives up a huge amount of hard contact, so there's not a, huge, a whole lot of upside here. He's not a huge big fly ball guy against righties. And so the chances of a home run with any of these guys is just not worth it considering there's a big enough slate with some decent spots for hitters. Yeah, you know, Soto really the only guy that I have interest in. Um, the Philadelphia side, Grant, when we're looking at Philly here, Hellickson, a guy that, like, his numbers last season weren't terrible, but he's still a very low strikeout guy. Um, you know, anytime he's taking the hill, you got to kind of see how teams do against changeup. He throws his changeup over 30% of the time. Um, what are your thoughts here when, it look, when we're looking at these Philly bets? I mean, I love the Philly stack today, but... I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to. I think they have the one, one of the higher implied team totals here on the slate. Um, but they're just stacked all the way up and down here. Elkson, not really much worse against lefties or righties. Like, he's pretty splits neutral here. And he doesn't give up a whole lot of hard contact. But that doesn't really matter for this team. I mean, Harper, McCutcheon, Hoskins, Realmuto, even Odubel or Segura here. Like, I, I like pretty much everyone one through six, one through seven, or even Franco down there at the bottom hit a bomb today. Like this team is just too good. I think you have to think about stacking them up. And obviously Reese is probably my favorite out of all of them. He can just absolutely crush the ball here. And Helixson really throws a decent amount of strikes. Um, just catches guys off speed with his off speed stuff. And Hoskins is a patient enough hitter where he, he's just going to lay into one. Yeah, you know, just up and down. Uh, you, you pretty much nailed it. I like this stack. This is one of my favorite stacks on the slate. This game's in Philadelphia, one of the best hitters ballparks in baseball, and um, I, I certainly like this Philly offense. You know, like you said, one through eight. Um, you know, Franco Franco is a guy that when you're looking at him, he's like one of the sneakiest power eight hitters in baseball, and he's going to have low ownership every every slate because nobody likes to play guys hitting the eight holes. So. Um, I don't mind him as maybe as a little bit of a contrarian part of the stack. So um, moving on, Oakland at Baltimore, Frankie Montas against Dan Straley. This series has already produced a lot of runs, and I don't think that stops here today. Any interest here in Frankie Montas? 
Nope. Nope. Just nope. Low strikeout pitcher. That's not very good. Yeah. Low strikeout pitcher really struggles against lefties. Um, not much better against righties. So, you know, for sure, this guy gives up way too much hard contact for me to be interested in here, even against a, a lineup like Baltimore. Uh, Dan Straley on the other side. Uh, any interest in him? No, no. Straley was a guy that I used. Uh, is it Straley or is it Rogers here? I'm seeing different things. I'm pretty on... sure. I thought it was Straley. I, I, I think it is too. I'm going to double check. I'm, I heard it announced that Straley will Australia. start Wednesday's game against the Athletics. Yeah. Um, yeah. Straley is not a great pitcher. And uh, realistically, a lot of his numbers last year were mostly from being over in Miami. I have no interest in using him here. He should get shelled in a bad ballpark. Yeah, like his numbers were inflated because he played in a ballpark like Miami. <laughs> like you said, um, he came in against the Yankees out of the bullpen on the seventh, um, pitched 44 pitches, gave up five earned runs and two home runs. Um, we stacked Oakland yesterday, Grant. I think we go right back to the well here and, and stack Oakland up and down in this spot um, against Straley. Yeah, Oakland top three stack on the entire slate here. I mean, you're used to me saying that, even though it's been been a year since I've really been saying it every single day, but their team is just full of guys that are patient and don't like they they don't swing outside the zone they wait for their pitch and a lot of them have power Australia obviously has a 45 percent hard hit rate which again was disguised over miami he's not a huge strikeout guy he walks a lot of guys so guys are going to be on base and guys are going to be hitting the ball hard here it's a perfect recipe for disaster for Australia. chapman davis obviously the two top guys to go with but Pender, Canna, Profar, if you want to go with a guy lower down the lineup, I've been using him most days over on FanDuel, and he obviously had a good day today. Like, pretty much everyone all the way up and down the order, again, is very much in play here. Yep. Um, couldn't agree more. This is a spot that I certainly want to attack, and I think this is a great spot that we can look at bats. And, you know, the other side of this game, like the Baltimore side, I know – Yesterday, Mancini didn't have a great game, but he's just been off to a a great start. You know, when we're looking at the numbers for just this season, he's been the best hitter in this lineup. Uh, VR has been really good too, not striking out, not walking, putting a lot of balls in play. Um, I, I think we could potentially look at some of these Baltimore bats in this game as well. Yep, absolutely here. I'm going to be using a decent amount of uh, bats from Baltimore. Obviously, I think... Mancini is by far and away the top one. I don't mind Smith Jr. I don't mind VR. I don't mind Ruiz. Um, you know who's going to be my top owned guy in this team, though? Chris Davis? 100% Chris Davis on FanDuel and Yahoo tomorrow. If he makes the lineup, I don't care. This is another, like, Estrada was a perfect spot for him to actually get a hit and get multiple hits and maybe hit a bomb. And before the game, Vegas had his odds of hitting a home run. Pretty much the same as Mancini. I think it's going to be the same today. Montas is a guy that just does not strike out a whole lot of dudes, which is exactly what Chris Davis has a huge problem with. Looking at his numbers against sinkers, which is what Montas is going to be throwing. That's Chris Davis doesn't have terrible numbers of it going into the past. Obviously, in the last year, he doesn't have good numbers against anything. But this is a spot where you have to look at him for 500 bucks over on FanDuel and $1 over on Yahoo. Just 
I don't care. I'm going 100% Chris Davis tomorrow, and we'll see how my lineups turn out. But he is the guy that I'm going with, and I'm just going to die on this hill until he actually gets a hit. And so <laughs> we'll see if that's today. I'm, I'm calling a Chris Davis bomb today against Montas. Do they price him at 500 again on FanDuel? Yep, 500 on FanDuel and $1 on Yahoo. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Um, Minnesota at New York taking on the Mets. Jake Odorizzi against Noah Syndergaard. Um, any interest here in Jake Odorizzi? Not, not, a, not a chance. Yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of already starting to show his reverse splits, um, which kind of is interesting against a left-handed heavy, um, you know, Mets team. But I'm not going to pull the trigger. Um, I actually think the Mets are a team we can look at, and we'll talk about them in a minute. I know, you know, everybody got burned yesterday by Jacob Degrom. I think this is a spot we go right back to the well with Noah Syndergaard um, as a top um, top option um, on the slate. Yeah, no, everyone. I'm, I'm assuming Syndergaard's ownership is going to be slightly lower because of what Minnesota did to Degrom yesterday, and people might actually be hesitant to playing aces, but. Syndergaard's probably the top play on the entire slate. He's where I'm going to be looking in cash if I can uh, save enough money for with my bats to get him. Honestly, with DK's pricing right now, I don't think top, the top arm on the slate is always a requirement now because you never know exactly what value is going to open up, and we'll see tomorrow. But as of right now, I'm going to be trying to throw a decent amount of Syndergaard in there. Just doesn't walk a whole lot of guys, strikes out a decent amount of guys, and this – Minnesota lineup really is not as good as they showed today. Um, they're a middling lineup in all reality here. And so I'm going to be using a decent amount of center guard. Yeah. And then, you know, just looking at the slate as overall, looking at the slate, like it, it's probably a slate that I try to get center guard in there just because I don't really love a lot of options on the slate. Um, you know, even at the top, like I, I think a lot of these guys have flaws, and I think that Syndergaard has the most upside on the slate. So it's gonna be a day that I try to get him in there. Um, Minnesota bats. Anybody that you want to take here against Syndergaard? No, no, he's not really weak to either side of the plate. He doesn't give a hard contact to either side of the plate. The guy just has ridiculous soft contact ability against hitters, and I mean, there's no one that really stands out as that great of a hitter here for Minnesota. So I'm. Probably won't use a single bat from them. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm out um, as well. Um, any interest in the Mets here against Odorizzi? Favorite stack on the slate by far here. I love Nimmo. I love Conforto. I love Cano. I know that Jake Odorizzi is a reverse splits guy, but realistically last year it was closer to splits neutral, if not normal splits. And it, he's not a drastic uh, reverse splits guy. It's just kind of... It's, it's closer to normal than it is being a true reverse splits pitcher. Um, so all the lefties in this lineup, I'm very much in for. Nimmo, Cano, Conforto, McNeil, and then Alonzo, J.D. Davis, who makes in the lineup, um, Ramos, Rosario. Like there's, I'm really high on these, this Mets team this year. I think that Conforto's absolutely in for a bounce back year. Adding Cano to the lineup really solidifies things. Nimmo is a great great hitter that is still a little bit underpriced on most sites so yeah yeah they're my favorite stack of the day favorite bad in it is conforto followed by nimmo but everyone is in play here is it sad that i think my favorite bat from the mets is pete alonzo like this guy is just straight mashing 
And I know it seems that we could use our first base spot on him, but he just keeps doing his thing. Um, I, I think Jacob Rizzi with a guy that is a reverse splits kind of guy, I think that a guy like Pete Alonzo could really fly under the radar today and has massive upside. So I like the Mets stats too. They're, they're a top stack for me as well. Um, really going to be getting a lot of bats in these early games. These three games that we've talked about, there's a lot of bats to take from these games. So um, I don't really have much to add as far as what you were talking about with the Mets, but don't forget about like Ahmed Rosario. Um, when you're looking at the Mets, it's been an, it's been a strong start to the season for him. And, um, you know, always like trying to find a cheaper shortstop. So, um, Yankees and Houston Astros, James Paxton against Colin McHugh. Um, let's start with Paxton. What are we looking at here with Paxton? Um, he's one of the top arms on the slate. I know that he's outing last time didn't really go fantastic. He only put up 20 points. Like, but he's still a very good pitcher has one of the higher K rates in the entire league here, up over 30% last season. He's a guy that occasionally gets into a little bit of a funk, but uh, generally comes out of it here. And what I'm generally worried about with him is walks, which he did have two in his last outing. I don't expect that to happen again here, but I, I don't care if he's going up against Houston. He's still one of the best pitchers in the league here, and there's not a whole lot of aces to go with. Obviously, I prefer Cindergard by a mile here, um, but I'd take him over Maida. I'd take him over Ray. Yeah, I like Paxton. I think he has a lot of upside here. I also worry about uh, the downside as well. Like the Houston lineup is really strong. They don't strike out a lot, even against lefties. So he's really going to have to do his damage strikeout wise uh, against the bottom, mid to bottom of the part of this lineup. And just kind of hope we can limit the damage against the, the guys that are up towards the top, that strong top up there. So I like Paxton for tournaments. I still don't know if I would play him in cash games, but I do like him for tournaments here. Um, any interest in Colin McHugh? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, is he going to like, is he going to be able to go that late into the game? I know they pitched 94 last time, but he was pitching well. And I think they might have just kept him in there. I, I mean, this New York team does have a decent amount of strikeout upside. Like, there's strikeouts all the way top to bottom outside of Gardner and LeMahieu here. So, I don't like the price on McHugh, but I think that you have to have some interest in him. I think I'd rather go with uh, Pavetta, but McHugh is definitely in play for tournaments. And honestly, I wouldn't really go too much against you if you went with him in cash here. This Yankees team just isn't that... Uh, or that I can't even think of the word. Why can't I think of the word, Stevie? Intimidating. <laughs> Gosh darn it. It's late. Um, yeah, no. So McHugh, there's not a whole lot of great pitching on the slate. Problem is he's up near the top, and it's just going to be tough to fit him into my lineup as an SP2. But SP1 for GBPs is not a bad way to go. Yeah, you know, you look at it, and McHugh's a guy that's been very good against righties. This lineup has a lot of power right-handed bats. Um, you know, Bird and Gardner are in there, but, like, th those guys don't typically scare you. Bird has power, but, you know, it's been really hit or miss. And I, I think a guy like McHugh with a 37.7% strikeout rate against righties last season has a very good slider, um, can keep guys off balance. And with the strikeouts in this Yankees lineup, I think McHugh's a really good 
tournament play. I, I do think it's more likely that he throws 95 pitches than 115. Um, so, you know, you always worry about that. But when we're looking at this slate overall, we don't have a ton of options at pitcher. And I do think he's a guy that can get you some strikeouts. So I certainly like McHugh for tournaments. And like you said, I don't know if I would necessarily typically argue against him in cash games, but I'm not your typical cash game player. I play um, way different cash lineups than a lot of people. Um, I, I certainly don't mind the upside and, and the risk in cash. Um, is there anybody here from the Yankees as far as the bats go that you'd want to play? Not really. I mean, again, you want to take lefties versus McHugh, and I'm not going with Bird. I'm not going with Gardner. So, no, no Yankees for me. Yeah, you know, obviously it's a team that has a lot of power, and if you want to stack them, I completely understand, like, the whole stacking aspect of it. But I just, for me, outside of a contrarian stack or just a stack in general, I just I don't think I'll have some Yankees here. Um I think the same goes for Houston. Like to be contrarian, I can see stacking Houston here, but outside of a stack, I don't see myself using one-offs from Houston. Yeah, I mean, there's no real reason to. Paxton's too good of a pitcher. Honestly, yeah, just don't. It's probably not worth it. Stack them up fully if you want to in tournaments. If it looks like Paxton's going to be one of the chalkier guys, but that's the only. It's only. It's strictly a game theory reason. There's no real reason to stack against or to play guys against Paxton as one off. For sure. Uh, moving on here, we have the Dodgers and the Cardinals. It's Kentai Maeda against Jack Flaherty. Let's start with Kentai Maeda. Um, Maeda's really good against righties, and there's a lot of righties in this lineup. Is this a spot we should be kind of looking at him here? I don't think it's worth it on this slate. Like, yeah, is if you're built mass multi-entering, you can take one or two shots on him, but realistically, Syndergaard or Paxton are probably better plays, or even Ray or McHugh or Pavetta. I mean, I'm not a huge Maeda guy, um, and although he did get up into the 90s um, the other day, it's still Dave Roberts here. Don't know what he's going to do. Wouldn't surprise me at all if Maeda gets yanked a little early here. So I don't want to pay 10K for Maeda, knowing I'm probably going to end up with 20 to 25 points, considering how much tougher DraftKings pricing is. I'm not sure what his price is over on FanDuel, but on DK, he's pretty much a no-go for me. Yeah, I completely understand that. I, I do think he's an interesting tournament play. Um, as just kind of a pivot off of some of these guys, but the price, the price is the issue. 10-1 is a really tough ask for a guy um that his pitch count is usually limited i was shocked you know he threw 100 over 100 pitches already once this season so um the strikeout upside is certainly there for a guy like maeda if they if they roll out all these righties um you know he can he can really rack up the strikeouts he could also get hit so um any interest in flarity on the other side of this game a little bit as a gpp flyer but he's a little bit too expensive rather go with McCure pavetta and one thing that he struggles with a bit is walks here. And this Dodgers lineup, especially the lefties, which is what he really struggles against, uh, can walk at a pretty high pace. We have Peterson at near 10%, Seeger at 13, Bellinger at 11, Muncie at 17. Like, there's a lot of guys that walk at a pretty high rate here. And I think you're better off stacking this up than you are actually 
playing Flaherty. Yeah, I uh, there's not going to be many times that I would take pitchers against the the Dodgers. If anything, they're usually lefties. Lineup is, is stacked up and down, and you know pitchers are going to pitch well against them throughout the season, and they're going to have off days. But for the most part, this lineup is just absolutely loaded. They don't strike out that often outside of um, you know Muncie and um, Bellinger, but Bellinger is just so locked in right now; it doesn't even matter. I think the Dodgers stack is certainly a stack you could look at um, in tournaments here. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Dodgers bats? Yeah, um, I'd mostly go with the lefties, but no one really stands out as a one-off play. Like I said, Flaherty is a guy that gives up a decent amount of hard contact and walks lefties at a pretty high rate here. So stacking it up, even going with the righties here, because Turner doesn't strike out at a very high clip here. Pollock does a bit, but with the hard contact, obviously with three lefties ahead of him, and Turner, a guy that puts the ball in play, he could be looking at guys on base here, and then even Kike, if he's down near the bottom, like this is solid all the way up and down. No one really stands out as a great one-off, considering that you're really just looking at a whole bunch of runs possibly being scored here in a hurry. I think you could play Corey Seager as a one-off. I think you could play Corey Seager in cash. Um Corey Seager at 3700 is a little ridiculous with his tight of pricing has been this season. Pollock's 35. Like, I will definitely have a Dodger stack today, just considering how cheap they are. You're going to be able to stack the Dodgers and get two really good pitchers. So I'm definitely going to have a Dodger stack today, just looking at their pricing. Like, outside of Bellinger, everybody from the Dodgers is under 4100 So they kind of have this, like, pricing um you know when you have a, a good pitcher they're they're pricing guys down a little bit so the dodgers are firmly in play as a stack for me and Corey seager is a one-off um at that price even pollock he's off to a terrible start but he's really cheap as well um any cardinals bats that you like here against maeda i mean carpenter is obviously one of the better plays going against maeda who struggles versus righties after him like honestly a lot of these guys are pretty cheap um, I could see going with DeJong at 3,900 here, but no one really stands out as a great play. I mean, honestly, like if you really need the savings, Ozuna's not the worst idea in the world. Um, and then wait, what's, I can't even see Fowler's price here. Um, but yeah, some of these guys are a little bit too cheap right now. Fowler's only 3K. Um, if he's batting sixth in the lineup, then you pretty much have to look at him. Uh, it's just like you're not going to find too many guys that cheap in decent spots here. And Fowler going up against Maeda, I know he doesn't have great numbers as a lefty, but it's still just huge price savings here. Yeah, for sure. Um, the price, it's just at this point of the season, like when you get guys this cheap, you're just you're looking at them um, just because of price. Like, we have this tighter pricing. I like the tighter pricing. I can't lie. I've already said it. I wish they would make ch catchers cheaper, but um, outside of that, like I really do like this pricing. So Pittsburgh at Chicago taking on the Cubs. It's Jordan Lyles against you, Darvish. Um, night before, this looks like we're going to have um, some wind blowing in uh, quite a bit. So it's going to be really um, important to see what Kevin Roth has to say. You know, in the morning, um, as far as the wind goes um, for this one. But let's talk Jordan Lyles first. You know, 
for the most part, Lyles worked out of the bullpen last year, got some starts towards the end of the end of the season. Um, what's your thoughts here when it comes to Jordan Lyles? I mean, I don't want to use him, but uh, with the wind coming in, like depending on how heavy it is, you might need a cheap pitcher and wait to see what the uh, Vegas line total is and how bad the wind is. But if it's low enough, I think that you can look at Lyles uh, just as a cheap option here on a slate with not that many great cheap options. So, and he, you're really only looking for 15, 18 points out of him, which I think is entirely possible if the wind is blowing in that much. Yeah, it looks like, again, this is night before, but it looks like it's going to be blowing in from center field at 13 to 15 miles an hour throughout the game. Yeah, that's a decent amount. Yeah, I think that makes a little bit of a difference for sure. Um, I don't think Lyles is the worst play. You know, on the other side of this game, though, you Darvish, um, man, I there's no chance I'm playing him, right? There's just no chance for playing him until, like, we see anything remotely decent of an outing from him. Yeah, I don't know. I may, like, he's not the worst idea in tournaments. Obviously, the walks are a huge, huge issue. But not only is the wind blowing in, but it's going to be 40 degrees there tomorrow. Um, that doesn't help pitchers a huge amount in terms of gripping the ball, but the ball is not going to be flying anywhere at all. So, I mean, you're just basically hoping that Darvish doesn't get babbipped and just crush that way. But like, I, I don't hate it. Another guy that's a little bit cheap, but it's a super, super risky play. And you can end up walking like six, eight guys here. But like the, the only other problem is like, Pittsburgh just doesn't strike out either. Like there, there's like zero to little upside in this spot. Like they don't strike out. They all have above average walk rates. Like I just, for me, I can't play Darvish here. Um, I mean, I Pittsburgh doesn't strike out, but Darvish still has decent strikeout upside. His price, if his control is actually there, then he could still against this tough team, be one of the best pitchers on the slate. Because, I mean, he can end up against a bad strikeout team with six, seven Ks. And for his price tag, that's not not going to be too bad, especially with the weather. We can't always agree, Grant. That's fine. I, I I'm don't... talking through it. I want your input because you are a very bright fellow. <laughs> I just, for me, like 11 walks in his first two outings, hasn't thrown more than 75 pitches in an outing, like, the dude has a 30% walk rate on the season. Um, I just, I can't do it. Like I, this is just not a team, you know, Jung Ho Kang Kong is the only person in this lineup with a strikeout rate over 20% this season. Like for me, I just, I can't pull the trigger on Darvish in this spot. Um, even with the wind and the cold, I just, I can't do it. Like I would, I would rather play Jordan Lyles on the other side of this game before I would play Darvish. That's understandable. And I'll take the discount. Um, any interest here in the Pittsburgh Bats? Wind blowing in, cold weather. If they're going to get some runs, it's probably going to come off of a whole bunch of walks. That doesn't really equate to good fantasy value. I'm going now. Walks, singles, like not seeing a ton of upside in this game for sure. Um, I don't think I'll have much bats from either side here unless the weather is not as bad as we had expected. Um, and we'll just have to kind of pay attention to what Kevin Roth has to say. But I don't really like the Cubs if we're going to have this cold, windy weather. Yeah, agreed. It's just 
not really worth it. We've already talked about four teams that are in great spots, and there's at least one to two more. Seattle at Kansas City. Yusei Kikuchi against Jorge Lopez. Um, any interest here in Kikuchi? Uh, I don't think so. Um, and have we got confirmation about Lopez? I'm seeing, I'm not seeing confirmation from him um, right now. Aren't they? I'm pretty sure like Phil Meyer could start or something like that. Um, I I don't I don't know. It's it's kind of still up in the air. It could be Lopez or Phil Meyer um, getting the start here. Yeah, I mean either way, I don't think either of them are too great. By the way, new favorite pitcher on in the league is Love Lady in their bullpen. Fantastic name. <laughs> That's funny. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I got distracted. Um, <laughs> I actually have a little interest in um, Kikuchi here, like it, pretty much for the same reasons that I had interest in um, Marco Gonzalez yesterday. This guy's had you know three starts already this season. His pitch count is getting up there. He's got one of the hottest offenses in baseball behind him. And you look at this Kansas City team; they're just not very good against left-handed pitching. Um, you know, outside of the top guys, that's the, that's the guys that kind of did the damage, um, early against Marco Gonzalez, Marco Gonzalez found his groove a little bit and, and was, was okay there. So little interest in Kikuchi, wish he was a little bit cheaper. Um, maybe he's cheaper on like Yahoo or something, but for me, I, I think he's an okay SP two here. Um, just knowing that this lineup's not that, not that good against left-handed pitching. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not great. Um, and I'm not sure if he's still min-priced over on Yahoo, or not on Yahoo, on FanDuel, but uh, their first baseman, what's his name? I think he's an outfielder over on FanDuel, Schwinder. Uh, he's got decent minor league stuff. If he's still minimum-priced over there, he's not a terrible play. Um, Seattle Bats, it's tough to talk about them when we don't know what the pitching is going to be like, but I think they're in play. doesn't matter if it's Phil Meyer or Lopez. Yeah, no, uh, regardless, they're my second favorite stack probably on the entire slate. Seattle's going to absolutely crush. They've been crushing, and I am so happy that they're actually a good team right now in this quote-unquote rebuilding year. Um, Bruce, obviously, is my favorite bat regardless of whoever uh ends up pitching there's a little bit of wind blowing out and L lopez gives up a decent amount of hard contact and if i remember correctly phil meyer does too but regardless neither of them are that high of a k pitcher here Bruce should absolutely destroy whoever ends up pitching here Encarnacion, obviously a ton of power santana he's been pretty hot lately hanniger a fantastic batter Navarez doesn't really strike out a large clip, so the ball's going to be putting in, getting put in play. Healy, I prefer him against lefties, but he's in play. But Bruce and Encarnacion are two of my favorite bats here. And then if Vogelbox in the lineup, then go with him too. That dude's just hitting everything. I absolutely love Vogelbach. Like, he is just – I played him in cash on FanDuel today um, just because he is just – he's hitting everything that's thrown at him. I just absolutely love this guy. Like – He's he he's a fun guy and um love his upside. Um I love Seattle here. They're 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 a top stack for me. You know, we've talked about quite a few stacks here for sure. Um, but yeah, I do like this spot for Seattle as well. 
doesn't matter. And like, don't forget, like Ian Kennedy is in the bullpen for Kansas City, and like he could be a long relief guy, and that's just even more juicy. Um, so Kansas City bullpen not great. This is a spot that I'm just going to absolutely um, load up on the Seattle stack. Um, any interest in the Royals here? Uh, not really. Um, I mean, honestly, there's not that many great batters. Like I said, Schwindel, if he's still 2K over on FanDuel, then you can play him. But outside of that, I mean, you can go with Witt is always in play. Mondesi is always in play. But really, I don't have a whole lot of interest in any of these guys. It's not really a great spot. Whit Merrifield's certainly in play and Mondesi's in play, like you said. But outside of that, not going to really touch anything here um, for Kansas City. Texas at Arizona. We got Lance Lynn against Robbie Ray. Roof is going to be open, according to the website. Um, let's talk Lance Lynn first. Uh, what are we looking at here with Lance Lynn? I mean, Arizona's not that great of a lineup, but they're not that horrible. Lance Lynn is not that great of a pitcher. So... I mean, he's cheap, but I'd rather go – if the weather is currently what it is, then I'd rather go with Lyles or you Darvish than Lance Lynn. And it's just – it's not worth it for me. So I Lance know that- Lynn is uh, – I was just going to say, Lance Lynn's always going to be what does the opposing lineup look like? Is the, is the opposing lineup full of righties? Then we're looking at Lance Lynn. Do they have a bunch of lefties? We're not playing Lance Lynn. Like it's always going to be a lineup thing. He's very bad against lefties, and when we look at him, his numbers against righties, uses that sinker, creates a lot of ground balls, uses the cutter, creates a lot of ground balls, and he's actually really good against righties. Not like elite level, but good enough that like if we he faces teams that are like full of right-handed bats, you can look at Lynn. I just don't think this is the right spot. Agreed. Um, Robbie Ray on the other side of this game, you know, when we look at this Texas lineup, what are they even going to run out here? Like is Hunter Pence going to be in the lineup or something? Like, I think this is a spot where Robbie Ray actually has some really decent strikeout upside. Oh yeah. I mean, the one thing we worry about, uh, with Robbie Ray is, or two things, I guess, walks and hard contact. You look at the ISOs and the walk rate all the way up and down this lineup. And against lefties, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Robbie Ray is right up there with Cindergaard, with Paxton. Like, they're all very good options today. Ray is absolutely in play for tournaments. The one thing that worries me is I could see a lot of people being on him, which anytime a lot of people are on Robbie Ray, it's a little bit scary. But I think there's one time where it's all right to eat the chalk here because there's the things that kill him aren't really a problem in this lineup here and the strikeout upside is deep is decent. Yeah. Um, I, I like right here. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons to like Robbie right here. Like you said, like there's not a lot of power in this Texas lineup against left-handed pitching. Like uh, their biggest power bat against lefties is Joey Gallo. And um, it'd be interesting to see if they even have Joey Gallo in the lineup. Um, he's been like the best hitter against lefties as far as power goes on this team. But, um, I, I like Ray. Uh, any Texas bats that you want to play here? Nope, absolutely not. It's kind of where I'm at too. I don't think I really see anything standing out to me. I, I do think if Joey Gallo get, gets the start, he's a really contrarian one-off. Um, even how even how good 
Ray is the lefties. Joey Gallo is just going to swing as hard as he can at everything. So if he hits, makes contact, there's a good chance he um, hits a home run. So um, any Arizona bats that you want here against um, Lance Lynn? I don't think so. Like he doesn't all the lefties. They he doesn't strike out a high clip, and he walks quite a bit. But he does get a decent amount of ground balls against him. Doesn't give up too much hard contact. So it'd be the lefties that I'd be looking at and. I don't really know if I want to go with any of them here because he's not really huge on giving up fantasy points to lefties. It's more of a just he gives up a lot of runs. Yeah, like Eduardo Rod- or Eduardo Escobar actually profiles really well against him. So if you want to take him at like a, a shortstop position, I still think I prefer prefer Corey Seager, um, just given the price tag. But I do think Escobar is interesting. And Peralta um, is always in play as well. If you want to go like maybe like a two-man, two, three-hole stack there, I don't hate that. But it would be the lefties for sure. Yep. Uh, All right, last game on the slate. We got the Brewers and the Angels. Brandon Woodruff against Felix Pena. Um, Note of this one before we get into the pitchers, Mike Trout left the game on Tuesday. It would be interesting to see if he's back in the lineup or not. It was – a groin injury um so let's start with brandon woodruff if trout's out do you have any interest in woodruff here i don't know if i want to pay that price tag for him um eight three over on dk's a little bit tough when you got pavetta and McHugh slightly above him i mean if you can't go for them then i don't hate going with woodruff here this angels lineup without trout in it is not terribly scary um and woodruff does have some strikeout upside here even against a team that doesn't strike out a ton but that price tag just makes it pretty tough to play him so i i'm going to try my hardest to try and get up to McHugh Pavetta. yeah it's it's really just if this lineup doesn't have trout in it like this lineup's gonna be really bad so that's that's kind of where i'd be looking at woodruff um you know, you're going to have to make that decision pretty quick. I, I think that we're going to get this lineup really close to the lock, and you're going to have to decide, like, am I going to be playing one of these other guys um, in the earlier in the earlier games, or am I going to take a shot on him? Um, so uh, Felix Pena on the other side, like, the Brewers are just they're, – they're crushing the ball right now. Um, I really don't think I can play Pena knowing how bad he is against lefties. Yeah, no, this is like there's times where I target Pena. This is not one when you have what is it, one, two, three, four, five pretty darn good hitting lefties in the lineup here. And he's only got a 17% K rate versus him and a near 40% hard hit rate. There's not a huge amount of upside, and the downside is huge. Um, Brewers bats. You know, we've talked about a lot of stacks, but again, I think the Brewers stack is very interesting. Like I said yesterday on the podcast, the Angels bullpen is full of right-handed arms. They have no lefties. So all the left-handed bats in this lineup are pretty secure. Um, I I love going right back to the well in the Brewers stack um, as they're currently making me some money right now. And stupid Shaw just struck out. So if anyone needs a timestamp of when we're recording, now you know. but yeah, I, I, I'm all for the Brewers here. One of the top five stacks on the entire slate. Pena can really get beat up. And like using 
Yelich is going to be tough to pay up for, um, but there's not most of the very high priced bats on the slate. I'm not a huge fan of, so Yelich is probably one of the top bats on the entire slate in terms of raw points here. Shaw Mustakas both grayed out as fantastic plays, and Grandal is probably the top pit, or catcher option on the entire slate here going up against Pena. Um, so, yeah, yeah, this is a full stack situation. Target the lefties more than the righties, but I don't mind throwing Aguilar or Braun in there because he does give up a decent amount of hard contact to righties too. It's just he doesn't walk as much and he doesn't he strikes them out at a much higher clip. Yeah, and like you know, Pena, I talked about it before. He's a sinker baller, um, so you got to kind of look at how these guys do against sinkers. Braun and Lorenzo Kane not very good against sinkers, so maybe those are the two guys. You don't play as much of. They have really, really high ground ball rates against sinkers too. That's the only thing that kind of worries me about Yelich is his ground ball rate since 2016 against sinkers is around 62%, which is really high um, for a guy that already is a massive ground ball guy. So that's the one thing that kind of concerns me about Yelich. But you know, Yasmani Grandal against sinkers just mashes them. Um, Eric Thames, if he's in the lineup, he mashes them. So this is a great spot to look at the Brewers' bats. Um, any interest in any of the Angels? One of the top stacks on the slate um, for pricings. Uh, if, if Trout's not in the lineup, then you're going to have Bohr at 3,400. You're going to have Pujols at 3K, Stella, Stella at 2,800 here. You're going to have Calhoun at, what is it? 3,400. There's so many cheap bats in this lineup here. It's ridiculous. And we talked about how tough pricing is over on DK. And they're still going to have close to a four implied run total, even without Trout in the lineup. I think it's worth taking a shot or two on the stack. And it's one of the late night games. So people are probably going to be less on it, especially if we don't get that lamp to late and everyone's worried about Trout, um, which realistically an easy thing to do is just throw trout in your lineup and if the lineup comes out without trout or if we don't get to late you swap over to yelich real easily so angels are one of the best ways to stack up and get a very good pitcher in there i mean realistically you can get a full angel stack with Cindergard and McHugh probably in the same lineup here or even Cindergard and ray might be possible yeah, don't disagree. I love um, anytime we get some cheaper bats, and they are certainly cheap. So, don't know if I'd stack them, but I certainly don't mind using a couple pieces to make it um, cheaper. So, um, on that note, I don't. I said this yesterday. I really haven't thought like of a morning grind game yet. So, um, have to come up with a morning grind game. Um, still kind of working on that. Give me a couple days and. Uh, We'll start a morning grind game for baseball on Monday. Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Stack the Mets. Mets, you're you're the Mets. I think I'm going to go right back to the well in the Brewers here. I really like the Brewers in this spot. They're the team that I like. On that note, we're going to get out of here. I hope everyone has an awesome Wednesday. We'll be back on Thursday talking some more baseball. Um, just want to say one last time, um, I hope everybody listened to me for the last two weeks and played Dirk Nowinski in his last home game. He officially announced his retirement um, after the game. So what a game it was. We'll see you guys on Thursday. See you, kids.